I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and with me today, as always, Dustin Ragusa. Uh, we are just about 48 hours away from uh, Bedlam, the 113th version. Uh, how are we feeling about this weekend? Not great. <laughs> Not great on this end. What about you? Uh, same, same. Um, have, have you ever felt great, though, going into Bedlam besides 2011? In, actually, in 2013, um, I felt so good that I bought tickets to the game, knowing full well that my toes may actually freeze. And turns out they did freeze. And yeah, turns out was it was cool. the worst decision of my life. I remember driving from Tulsa to Stillwater. Um, actually, my dad drove, and I was in the back seat. And I remember he was flying. And all the roads in Oklahoma were, like, frozen over. It was horrible. And he's like, no, it's fine. We'll be all right. And we're, like, running late for the game. And I just I just wanted to curl up and die. It was so terrifying. And then the game was, like, ten times worse because I thought OSU was going to win for, like, the first half. And then I thought they were going to win till the end. And then they ended up blowing it and... I think that's the year Justin Gilbert dropped the interception and yeah. things went haywire. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I felt pretty good about a, a Bedlam game. And uh, OU has a lot of momentum. OSU has whatever the opposite of momentum is. And uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. Coming off a, a pretty baffling meltdown in Waco against Baylor. Not feeling too great about it. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good... Good way to start our podcast, I guess, man. This is just a t- total Debbie de- Downer. I hate Bedlam Week. I know it pumps <laughs> some people up. It just makes me sad and not in a good mood all week. I'm mean to people, and yeah. I just I don't even really want to watch the game well, ever. There's an there's a feeling of inevitability with Bedlam Week, and you know every every week, or I guess every Bedlam Week, it's like well. What's the all-time record? OU's won 118 times. OSU's won like 18 or something crazy. I don't know the exact record, but most of the time you feel like it's going to be lopsided. Um, but it it feels like way exacer- exacerbated this week because there OSU's not very good and OU is really good. And I, I mean, I don't know. You can't really put lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? Like this. This is just not um there's not much of a lead up because i think there's just a there's a feeling that the outcome has kind of already been decided they just have to play the play the game so who knows maybe they will uh go down to norman and get an upset like they did in 2014 but uh tyreek ain't walking through that door and bob ain't punting again so i uh i'm dubious i'm dubious um let's hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll actually uh try and get to some optimism with this week's podcast uh you may have heard the news that there is a new tax bill in town but you know how it affects you angel johnston and blasting game does their firm of 10 cpas and 22 total employees is one of the largest in central oklahoma 
and they've been hard at work all summer, all fall, calculating how these new tax changes will affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. So feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call, 405-224-6363, or they have a website you guys can check out, ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's 405-224-6363, and if you have any questions about the new tax bill, uh, how it affects you, just ask for uh, Cameron or Evan. So uh, looking forward to this week, uh, this weekend, OUOSU. OSU's coming off a loss to Baylor. Um, they they failed to convert on a fourth and three late in the fourth quarter against Baylor. And uh, roughly 90 seconds later, Baylor scores a touchdown. Turns out to be the go-ahead winner. Um, there's There has and will continue to be, I feel like, some murmurs or rumors or chants or pleas that OSU consider a quarterback change. Um that that will not be the case. Gundy said this week. He said uh, basically they're rolling with Cornelius. So how are we feeling about that? And um, after you watch the tape from from Baylor and kind of examine both OU and OSU, do you feel like that's maybe the best situation that uh, that OSU just keeps riding the corn dog? We talk. We've talked <laughs> about it on here a lot. I mean, obviously everybody's everybody talks about it, the quarterback situation, but. We'll, what I think you and I agreed on is Corn would have to go out and play really, really bad after that Texas game to get pulled. And I just don't think he did, especially in the second half. Um, Oklahoma State's offense actually looked pretty good. They scored touchdowns on three of their five drives. Uh, there was six, but that sixth one, you know, was that play at the end where <laughs> pitching the ball around and the linemen are grabbing it and stuff like that. So yeah. I I honestly think it's fine to roll with Corn again. He He didn't look great. You know, I mean, obviously you and I aren't his biggest supporters, but we're also, you know, we don't hate Corn either. We, th- we think he's played good at times this year. So I I think it's fine to roll with him again. What I did want to get your take on, though, is what do you he- what do you think about these reports about Spencer Sanders not being, like, involved in the huddle and stuff like that in- at timeouts that have come out recently? I think it was... Bill yeah. Haston wrote something about it. I think Haston talked about it on the radio. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that Haston is right. I I treat anything that Haston says like uh, something my dad would say. Like I I just feel like Haston's never said an incorrect uh, word about Oklahoma State. So I I have no reason to doubt that. And to be honest, if you look at it from an outsider looking in, as Gundy might say, um, can you blame him? I mean, like, he's a four-star quarterback, was the best player in Texas last year, Gatorade Player of the Year, and he comes in, he's hyped up to be this franchise savior, this program savior, and now he's sitting behind a Taylor Cornelius, a a quarterback who's not completing 60% of his passes this year. OSU's offense has looked inept for large stretches of the season, and yet he's third on the depth chart. Like, I understand... You know, maybe give give the the veteran the upper hand, but they're really, at least from an outsider perspective, and and from what Gundy has tilted his hand publicly, there is really no secession plan to try to incorporate either Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders. And um, if I was Spencer Sanders, I'd I'd probably be a little peeved about it. I'd probably be 
feeling like I was sold a, a bag of goods that uh, turned out to be nothing. And so maybe that's how that's how he feels because right now it, it looks like they're just gonna roll with corn dog and perhaps miss out on a bowl game. Like I just I think you're you're capping your ceiling by playing Cornelius and uh, you may be losing out on Spencer Sanders and whatever he could bring or Drew Brown or whatever he could bring and in, and in doing that uh, you're you're losing perhaps. Uh, the focus and the energies of of those guys and kind of just mailing it in so I don't really know I mean I I haven't talked to anyone about it but that that doesn't shock me and if you look at Spencer Sanders's uh, likes on Twitter uh, it seems like he agrees with pretty much everyone who tweets at him which is like hey let's see what Spencer Sanders can do yeah Um, so that's that's an interesting wrinkle too and uh, the fact that Spencer Sanders' mom tweeted about give my son a chance a few weeks ago against Kansas State when OSU could not generate any offense, um, there just feels like there's just a weird vibe around this program that like I feel I, I don't want to be unfair in in saying that Gundy has mailed it in, but there does feel like some some sort of like obviously Gundy has not coached well this season. I I think that's. I think that's fair to say they have they have not been disciplined. Um, they at times their the team's effort has has really lacked, and I think that's on the coaching staff. But um, when when you have when you approach the season in the way that Gundy has, which is um, kind of allowing mediocrity at at quarterback and allowing uh, penalties and discipline and all that stuff to kind of um, fall apart, I feel like maybe the team kind of falls suit with that and they follow that lead and say, well, you know what, if, if Gundy's going to not mail it in, but uh, not play his best players maybe, or, or not try something new, then why do we have to do something? So I don't know. Um, what do you think about it? Yeah. I, just kind of going back to the initial take and just talking about his involvement. If it, if it's really just him not being involved in those huddles, I don't know how big of a deal that is because if he's the third string quarterback and he's not getting many reps in practice as the third string, right. if any, you know, I mean, they, they don't really practice full on practice very much during the week. You know, they've got the film. Um, they're going to do walkthrough. There's not very many days of full on practice. So he's probably getting no reps. He got there in the fall. You know, maybe he just doesn't think he could contribute anything. Maybe you'd like him to get in there and maybe listen up a little bit, but I don't think that's as big of a deal. If he's outwardly, like with his body language and with the way he's talking, disengaged in practice and just like looks like he's not trying to learn, maybe that's a little concerning. So I'd, I'd probably want to know a little bit more details before I had a real take on that. Right. But I, just from hearing what, what I heard, and um, I didn't actually hear Bill on the radio, but I heard um, – and talk about it. I listened to the Sooner Scoop podcast this week, and I, you know, just heard a couple other people talk about it. And I, I just don't really think it's that big of a deal. But g- talking about in general playing Spencer Sanders over Cornelius, I, I do think you you kind of want to start playing to next season. The problem is, do you want to throw him in? And like they probably should have thrown him in already. Right. You know, against Baylor last week, do you want to throw him in in Bedlam in Norman when you know you're going to get? you're most likely going to get crushed by this really talented OU team. Yeah. 
is that when you want to throw them in? But then is there ever a good time to throw a freshman in? So I, I don't know. I'd love – I'm leaning more on the camp that maybe we should get Spencer in there, not because I think Corn did anything in the Baylor game to get him pulled, but I just think it might be time to start building for the future. I know there's still one more win to get to the bowl game, but, you know, you know, is there a shot that Spencer could pull one out with a little right. spark to the offense? Well, I so think, I, I think I we're know. just totally overlooking the fact that, like, Drew Brown is number two on the depth chart, and we have, like, we have yet to see what he looks like. He has not played a snap for Oklahoma State. Right. And I just feel like at this point, when your offense mucks up, and it it just isn't working like it, like it did against Kansas State, like it did against Iowa State. You have to try something else. You have to try something new, and and that's on the head coach. And so you know maybe we see what happens if OSU goes three and out three times in a row, and they go down twenty one nothing in Norman this weekend. Like I feel like they'll probably try something new. You would have to think, but um, based off what Gundy said this week, they're they're gonna ride Cornelius until. Um, I I guess until the end of the season. I, here's what here's what Gundy said um, about about that specific situation about playing another quarterback uh, in his radio show this week with Dave Hunziker. And I I would play the audio, but I I plucked these uh, quotes from different sections in the podcast, so it'd be easier if I just read it. So Gundy said it's not as productive, meaning that you don't that you have to share reps during the week. That's the one thing I think the public doesn't understand. We only get so many reps to get guys ready to play, and there are a few new things that go in to the game plan every week, especially a quarterback like Taylor, who doesn't have a lot of reps in his career anyway. You just say, okay, we're going to put another guy in there and share reps with him and let him go in and play a couple series. We feel like that doesn't give us the best chance to win. Taylor has played good other than the Kansas State game, the reason he's gotten better the last couple of weeks is because we've minim- minimized what we're doing and he's getting more reps on fewer plays. The ball is coming out of his hands pretty fast. He's not holding the ball. So to say we're going to share reps and give another guy a shot, unless there's a reason to do it, in my opinion, I just don't think it's beneficial. You have to be realistic as a coach when you say, okay, before we make a decision like this, we need to know that the decision is the decision we make is for the right reason and it's better. Um, if you had to make a change at the office, for example, you're working in the professional world and you say, okay, I have some uncertainty about how we're handling the financial part of our business. You better make sure if you hire a new CFO that he's better than the one you have in there now, or it doesn't make any sense to do it. You have to have a reason to do something like that. And that's certainly not where we're at with Taylor right now. So, um... So yeah, Gundy dabbling in the in the professional world, saying that uh, likening the quarterback situation at Oklahoma State to a CFO, and I thought his his wording on that was carefully chosen, obviously, but he he didn't exactly say that uh, he's been floored by Cornelius playing excellent. He's more saying like he's likening Taylor Cornelius to a fine CFO who you have some questions about, but. You don't know if your controller at your financial institution is ready to take over as a CFO. That type of thing. Um, so I don't. I don't know. You work. You work in a in the banking world. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think that's a. I think it's a pretty dumb analogy in general. But <laughs> I, <do too. laughs> I don't know how you can make that comparison. I I, I see what he's trying to get at, but right. I, I don't know when when people compare when fans compare like corporate world to athlete salaries and stuff. The media crushes them on right. Twitter. So I just I feel like when it goes vice versa, it's kind of stupid as well. But yeah. I I agree with it. I I kind of agree with this point because it's kind of what you and I were just talking about. Cornelius hasn't really done anything to get pulled. You and I didn't think Gundy was going to pull him anyway. So what are know, we doing? I, I'm yeah. not I'm not really surprised yeah. at all by that take. I'm not surprised that he's going to ride with Corn Dog. Do I want him to ride with Corn Dog? No, maybe not. But I, I'm not surprised by any of this now, and I probably shouldn't have been surprised by it three games ago. But now it's just kind of this. This is how it's going to be, and I know we're nine games in now, but that's that's how the 2018 season is going to end up. I think. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, so do do we expect to see uh, any Drew Brown or uh, Spencer Sanders? Do we feel like he's maybe throwing a smokescreen out to uh, to Lincoln Riley, or is are we just going to see Cornelius this weekend? If Cornelius goes full Nathan Peterman and throws like three pick six, then then maybe. But I think it'd have to be really bad. Yeah. I think it'd have to be him really bad or the offense like putting a goose egg up there at halftime or something like that. Yeah. Well, I and I honestly, I think that's that's probably fair. We, we definitely should mention that OSU's defense has been abysmal. Uh, it has been a total mirage, and maybe Cornelius and OSU and its offense uh, could have maybe manufactured seven, eight wins by now, but OSU's defense has just, um, if you look at the numbers, and I guess I'll ask you, what is what does the tape say about OSU's defense? Because I come away every week thinking, how could this defense be that much worse and then I continually be surprised by, oh wow, it's actually worse than last week. Yeah, that they, they just can't make stops. They kill themselves with these personal foul penalties, the late hits, the yeah. roughing the passer, the pass interference, the face masks. And some of those are forgivable sometimes, especially face masks, but it's all technique. It's all you know the roughing the pass or the hands of the face, you know, maybe that maybe that happens every now and then. You're you're full on at the quarterback, your hands are up too high, but your hands shouldn't be up that high. Yeah. You're grabbing a guy's face mask, you shouldn't be wrapping up there. It's it's all technique type stuff. And they did play bad. And I, I just think it's more undisciplined, not only with the penalties, but in coverage, you know, dropping into zone, um, and just not being exactly in the right spot. Yeah. In the area, but not being exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, when it related to bondage and you know some of the some of the guys rushing the passer or filling the gaps on the run, you know maybe they're taking one wrong step. Maybe they're just not strong enough to fight through the tackle. It just all of it added together makes for a a, a pretty subpar defense that even statistics wise is not very good this season and not where I thought they were going to be, you know, finishing in the total defensive rankings or or in the Big 12 rankings and I just it's just not a great year but I'm not I'm not out with my pitchfork or anything. New defensive coordinator, he hasn't had a chance to recruit yet. I, you got to give him some time, but yeah. it they definitely have not looked good this year. Yeah, it's not good. Um 
We have had some some trash talk this week that I found uh, pretty interesting. So OU had its press conference, I believe, on Monday, uh, and Kyler Murray didn't exactly fan the flames, but he said some interesting stuff. He he misremembered Mike Yersich, the OSU's Yelich? offensive corner. Yeah, he that's OSU's offensive coordinator who recruited him personally, and he said, "Who Yelich? Who is a." I believe a stellar player for the Brewers. Um, so I guess that makes sense because he's a baseball player. But yeah, that was that was not a good look. And then he said he he didn't like Stillwater. Um, so that was also interesting. Um, so I guess he's he's in love with the booming metropolis of of Norman. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he he seems like a pretty arrogant guy. I, I kind of like I kind of like that attitude in a football player i don't like osu dustin (laughs) i don't like him (laughs) but i like that attitude in a football player but he definitely seems like a pretty arrogant guy and i love the trash talk you know justice hill getting involved and then trey brown uh ou cornerback it it's i I think it's fun i i like i said i don't love bedlam week but when stuff like that gets involved you know it's always fun to see a little trash talking and especially from a guy like justice who doesn't really talk a lot in general from what it seems and just getting you know mixing things up a bit's pretty cool right yeah so so you mentioned it uh justice kind of weighed in on his own instagram account tagged two ou players one as little boy and one as um kids kids and i actually liked the post like a day before it blew up like i just thought oh that's funny you know and um I guess OU cornerback Trey Brown, who's a, who's a Tulsa kid, also uh, Justice is also a Tulsa kid. Trey Brown weighed in, said, we're not worried about all that. But uh, uh, like a little friendly trash talk. And then, of course, Marshall, uh, our our beat writer, asked Justice, and he said virtually nothing at, uh, at player availability. But there is some, uh, there is some trash talk. I like it. I like that um, OSU has some confidence, I guess. I don't know if it's manufactured confidence, if they're just uh, talking it up because it's uh, in-state rivalry, but uh, I'm glad because this lead-up to this week has been just utterly dull, and maybe maybe if OSU beat Baylor, it'd be a little different, but I feel like there's no interest in this game whatsoever. Am I wrong about that? It, it does seem a little different than most years, but... You know, I don't, re- I can't really remember the buildup in yeah. 2014 now. So maybe it was similar then, but it, it, it definitely has felt dull. I, like I said, I the trash talk mixed it up a little bit, and yeah. you know, Gundy's always talking about these vocal leaders. That's probably not what he meant, but it's cool to see Justice get involved, try to motivate the team a little bit, and then. Obviously, Trey Brown, he's probably the best – or he is the best defensive back on that OU team, the best cornerback anyway. So, you know, two of the better players on their respective units for each team. Yeah. Talking trash to each other is cool. You know, it's not just some random, you know, second-string defensive back that's going to be on the sideline or something like that. It's, you know, guys that are going to be playing, guys that are probably going to hit each other, and that's that's always cool. And then you've got, you know, Baker Mayfield – smacking his gums like always getting in the mix <laughs> and then i think you said agba responded to him yeah uh, said, hey, teammates man. but yeah i like that i like that um so 
let's hear one more from our sponsor, and then we need to actually talk about some hoops because I think we've we've pretty much bedlamed ourselves out this week. Um, and if you guys haven't actually visit our website, I guess pistolsfiringblog.com is where uh, you can you can get Ragu's original video and and breakdown takes throughout the week. You've wrote a bunch of stuff this week, right? Yeah, I've tried to break down pretty much every unit in the game uh, using some film in there from this season and last season. So It's been good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so you may have heard the news that there's a tax bill in town uh, that is new, but do you know how it affects you? At Angel, Johnston, and Blasting Game, they do. They've got a firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees. That's actually one of the largest in central Oklahoma. And uh, with the new tax bill, they've been hard at work trying to calculate how these new changes will affect hardworking cowboys just like Ragu. Uh, so feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call. 405-224-6363 or visit their website ajb-cpas.com. Uh, so OSU's basketball season starts on Saturday at the same, same time. As uh, I think it's at, yeah, I think it's like 30 minutes, like three o'clock or something. That's 30 insane. minutes after, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know how I feel about that. I'll be in Norman <laughs> this weekend with uh, with Kyle Porter, so I'll probably miss the game. I'll have to DVR it. I don't expect uh, to miss much. I wish you play Charlotte. What do you, how are we feeling about that? I think they should win. It's it's in Charlotte for those who don't know, but uh, uh I actually I think didn't. They, I think they should be able to. Yeah, I don't know how. If it was in Stillwater, there would probably be like no one at that game. But yes. if I think, I think they need to win because I wasn't super impressed uh, by the exhibition game against Wichita. Is that how you say it? Wichita. Uh, Wichita Baptist. Baptist. Yep. I know they won eighty to fifty nine, but man, they. They looked really slow on defense at times. They looked pretty good on offense, but yeah. I'm I'm just a little worried. Luckily, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail, but luckily with the Michael Weathers news, I think he's their guy that can take over the Kendall Smith, Jeffrey Carroll kind of go-to score right. role because I didn't really see it from anybody out there. Likely played really well. Waters played well. McGriff played well. I just don't know – Likely might grow into that, but yeah. I just don't think Waters or McGriff have that, you know, give this guy the ball, let him do what he does, and score, which is last season when Oklahoma State was picked to finish last in the Big 12. I was like, there's no way because they have Jerry Carroll, and just from what I'd seen with Kendall Smith, they had two guys that could put the ball in their hands and do something with it and, you know, kind of carry the team when they needed to. Yeah. I just don't know who can do that for Oklahoma State this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I was at that game on Sunday, Oklahoma State playing Wachita Baptist, and I don't feel like I learned a dang thing about OSU, but likely did stand out to me. He actually scored the most points on the team, which I, like, kind of glossed over, I guess. Yeah. Um, that kind of surprised me. I think he had a team high 19 and McGriff and Weathers, not Weathers, excuse me, uh, Lindy Waters, I think both scored 15 apiece. Um, likely is just, he's a dude. He's all over the place. Um, he is he is grinding for rebounds down low. He's a pretty good cutter. Um, he's not afraid to get a shot off. He's pretty good off the, off the dribble, off the bounce. 
Um, so I'm excited about him. But and he started on Saturday, which I, I or Sunday. I'm was it Sunday or Saturday? Which day was this? It was Sunday. Sunday, yeah, yeah. He started yeah. Sunday, and um, I don't know if that's going to be the same moving forward or not. But uh, Mike Cunningham was out. I was told he had some sort of hamstring that uh, will limit him for the next week or so. So he may be back as early as it, the season opener. Maybe he's that guy too. You know, we haven't he really seen be. anything from him. So. Yeah, he could be. I think he averaged like around twelve a game last year for USC Upstate. So he's been productive. Uh, but the big news, I think, is is Michael Weathers returning. And uh, here's the, a statement that Boynton sent out on his Twitter today. He said, Michael was suspended from all activities immediately following the incident that he was involved in. His suspension has been going ongoing for two months now. During that time, he's expressed sincere remorse to those directly involved and to our team. He's embarrassed what he did, and he knows what he did was wrong. I'm encouraged that he's taken responsibility for his own actions and accepted all of the consequences. With the legal process complete, Michael will be allowed to return to practice and will begin the process of regaining the trust of his teammates and coaches as it relates to returning to games. So I, I doubt that he's going to immediately return to the starting lineup as, as many anticipated before the season began, um, but it, that's good news. And um, I don't know if he's going to be OSU's best player, but I think the the feeling from Marsh Weezy, who's our ears and eyes on the ground in Stillwater is that he probably will or at least it's he's gonna be 1a and 1b Cam McGriff and uh Michael Weathers so that's good news um you you mentioned something earlier uh Curtis Jones did we hit on Curtis Jones yet or no no we have not okay so what's what's the latest on Curtis Jones so Curtis Jones had extended well I guess Oklahoma State on his behalf extended a waiver yeah to the NCAA to try to get him his eligibility to play at the start of the season instead yep. of having to wait to December like um, Yakubasima had to yep. do last season. Be- the NCAA, I guess, had recently approved some from some players, but they denied Curtis Jones. They didn't really give an explanation why. I've tried to look, and there is none. None of the guys who reported it have given any but they denied it, so he yeah. won't be eligible until December. Not, uh, not a huge, huge deal because I don't think anyone was expecting it to get accepted and get approved. Right. But it would have been cool to have another playmaker. You know, he's a former, I think, four-star recruit. Played yeah. in Indiana. He had a couple of impressive games in Indiana before he kind of stopped playing. His minutes kind of dropped off. But. Uh, the dude can play. We saw a little bit from him in Europe. Really good and, shooter. Yeah. Yeah. And so he would just be another guy, you know, that could possibly be that late go to score. He but, could be a legit six man slash fifth guy in the rotation or even better. I don't know. He's OSU's guard rotation is going to kind of be thick with two C's, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I need to try to get that in every week. Thick with two C's. Well, they're just going to, I'm just a little worried about these young big guys on yeah. defense. That's that's one of my biggest concerns when I was talking about slow. Yeah. These guys switching out on the pick and roll, you know, they're not you you don't expect them to be able to cover the guard, yeah. but you've got to hedge, you've got to show, you've got to present some kind of obstacle so the Oklahoma State guard can recover. And from what I saw from Big Kent and your 
they are very slow out on the perimeter. And they're going to learn. They're going to get better. But right now, I didn't really see it, and that could be a problem. Yeah. Because Mit- Mitchell Solomon was great at that. Yes. Yeah, he was. He was uh, He was the glue to that team last year. So they'll, they'll miss him for sure. I did like what I saw from uh, from your and Kent in uh, in small stretches. I just think they're go- they're going to be uh, growing uh, pains. Yeah, that they're they'll be exposed a little bit, but I'm excited about what they'll be in uh, 2020 when uh, Isaiah Todd and those those big guys are going to be on campus. Okay, maybe not yeah. Isaiah Todd, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> only like, only like three people are gonna get that reference. And be like, oh, Isaiah Todd, what? <laughs> no pressure. He's definitely. No. He, I'm pretty sure he's like the number two recruit in 2020. So quick, quick take. So I know we're talking too much basketball bedlam week, but do you think Oklahoma State will finish at the bottom of the Big Twelve? And if not, do you have like any guess at where they'll finish? I think they will not finish at the bottom of the Big 12. I think OU will finish in the bottom of the Big 12. Ha! I think finishing ninth in the Big 12 this year will be Baylor. <laughs> and then I think OSU will finish eighth. So yeah. that's that's kind of how I... And by the way, Baylor lost last night to Texas Southern. 72-69 to <laughs> on their home floor. Um so that's that's not an unsubstantiated guess. Like I I don't think OU or Baylor are going to be very good this year. So, uh, but neither yeah. is OSU. I don't think any of those three teams are going to make the NCAA tournament. But I'm still uh, I'm still all in on on the Boynton era. Same, same here. Yeah, I think they have the talent. Yeah. To beat to have some big wins like last season. I yeah. think it's going to be another roller coaster. But yeah, I, I was going to say eighth, possibly even ninth. But I don't think they'll finish last. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, God, my neighbor's dogs are barking. And... There, there's a dog outside my house, too, and my neighbors don't have a dog. So I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know. I'm about to go outside with an air horn and see if I can fix this. <laughs> um, let's make some OU predictions and get out of here. I got OU 58, OSU 17 this weekend. Who you got? I think, what did I say? 50... Uh, 55-21? No, it was 55 31 31 okay high scoring so we both think osu or ou covers this weekend yeah and i'm taking the over but i think the overs actually set at like 80 so i'm not really going that far over it i think wow. I, I think my total is like 85 or 86 but if it, if the over hits at 80 there's a good chance osu or ou puts up like 60 points <laughs> what, wait what was your prediction 54-17. Okay, so you're just thinking absolute beatdown. I don't think it'll be close. Yeah. I, I, think, mean, I think they'll come in with the tail tucked between their legs and just take a beating. I really do. I don't I don't think this team has shown me anything that suggests it's going to put up a fight. I don't hope think I'm that's how to take either. I hope I'm wrong. Please put my, uh, put my thoughts on a bulletin board and uh, fire it up for practice, Mike Gundy. Hopefully that'll... That'll get them worked up, but so far nothing nothing has really worked this season. So I don't anticipate them showing something that that we haven't seen so far. Although the Texas game, they did look good. So who knows? Yeah, defense has to play better. If the offense can, you know, improve a little bit from the Baylor second half, maybe they can keep it close. But I just think I I think OU 
can run all over us without using Kyler Murray. Yeah. So with him involved, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I, you know, hopefully, I mean, I'm saying I'm hoping for injuries. That sounds terrible, but hopefully, hopefully Hollywood Brown's a little more banged up than Riley's yeah. letting on, and uh, Bookie, uh, Radley Hiles, Bookie. it doesn't play. Yeah. But um, other than that, you know, Sermon and Kenny Brooks are both going to be out there, and yeah, OU's got pretty much everybody else on their defense. Yeah. Healthy, so it's going to be tough. You sound like me playing in my fantasy league. I'm like. I go from, oh, yeah, let's get my guy some points to, oh, God, I just need this guy to get injured. And this, <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? I just need well, to step away. Apparently, Hollywood Brown's been injured like all season. The dude has almost 1,000 yards and leads the team in receiving yards. So I don't think he's been that hurt. No. But, you know. Yeah, that'll be something to watch. Yeah, he, he killed was, us last year. He did. Yeah, that was his official coming out party. So... Okay, we will uh, see how it plays out this weekend. Ragu, thanks for joining the pod, and we will uh, recap it next week. All right, see you, man. Okay, see ya.